to it, boys. It's the BS Podcast in five, four, three, two, one. One message for you took from your aunt. Uh-huh. She will bust both of you in the head. You know who me? It's not rocket size, you know. I think you, like me, um, have a face for radio. You know who me? That's why it sucks. I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to you. This kind of unprofessionalism does not need to be tolerated. And I mean it. Like, you know who me? You know who me? You know who me? You know who me? What the hell is going on here? Let's all hang up. Another episode. Of the BS podcast. Hang on, hang on, hang on. There's all kinds of noise in my ear now. Oh, jeez. We need a little bit more professionalism. Roll Tide, everybody. It is time again for the BS podcast. I am your host, Quincy Moran, along with my man, Wild Bill Smith. And he is back, ladies and gentlemen. (coughs) The tandem, the tall, the brave. The throat lozenger, Josh, Joshy, Joshua Squishmeister, the Moran. Back I need a throat lozenger studio. I really do. Hey, All right, boys. Welcome uh, back. No, I'm not sick. I lost my voice last night. <laughs> uh. Uh. Did you find the official? What's no. that? No, I didn't. My goodness. Well, as we get ready to uh, start the BS Podcast, let me know that today's BS Podcast, I want to let you know, is sponsored by Black Rifle Coffee. That's right. They give nothing to the program, but they do give me coffee every time I pay them for it. So that's it. Black Rifle Coffee <laughs> in your Keurig. Come and get some. And the co-sponsor is Man versus Marriage. Come check us out. Anytime you like, be prepared for a brand new website at QuincyMoran.com and go check out Man vs. Marriage, the podcast. It will change your life. What you did there is illegal, by the way. What's illegal? You just used a you just used a company as a sponsor that didn't agree to it. Hey, I uh, I said in the rollout, as I told that they were a sponsor. I said they give nothing to the show, but they give everything to me when I pay them for it. It's just defamation. You know what's defamation? You to our parents, your existence. All right, here we go. So uh, let's go with the first quarter here as we start the game off. Or as we, yeah, as we start the game off here in the BS studio and talk about what was the 2023 Super Bowl. And uh, I would love to get, Josh Moran, your initial thoughts on what the Super Bowl, how it all played out. What stood out to you? We have to keep it short and sweet with my voice. Uh, Great game. Horrible officiating throughout. Refs decided it at the end when it could have went to overtime and been even a better game. Uh, Jalen outplayed Patrick Mahomes, but he stepped up when he had to. Uh, basically that that's about it. But it was it was a good game, high scoring. I mean, can't really ask for much more when it comes to the Super Bowl. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely a lot of fun. That what about that national anthem in Chris Stapleton? Oh my goodness, what a beautiful, beautiful rendition. You mean the the first one or the the actual national anthem? He only sang one national anthem. There's only one national anthem, so I'm talking about the one that Chris Stapleton sang. They're trying to make it to where there's two. It looks like one for black people and then one for, I guess, the whites. I guess there's going to be a Mexican one next. No. And then a, a France. There is. No, one. they're going to start. They're going to play old Canada. Yeah. <laughs> In, uh, it's not going to stop. Nothing ever stops. So, so I'm going to distinguish right now that there's one national anthem. One. Uh, this sub-national anthem would be Sweet Home Alabama, if anybody was wondering. And uh, for what yep. it's worth, uh, I don't like Michael Jackson saying it don't matter if you're black or white. I don't care what your color is. If you're here, you're an American. If you identify as color first, you're in the wrong game. There's one race. It's called the human race made by God. And that's uh, the way we're going to roll. With that being and said, see, what you what you said there makes a lot of sense, but uh, half the people would still hate you for saying it. Well, I, I'm probably racist. three for three on this podcast, so I'm doing pretty good. Call you a racist for saying that somehow. He, you know how much I care about that? Zero. Um, but I won't say it's not true. Yeah. With that being said, uh, I do still want to give props. To, uh, you know, screw you, COVID. I was supposed to go see Chris Stapleton in concert. Back in 2020, and because of your uh, your planned actions, uh, it canceled my concert, and now I can't afford it at the at the present moment. But it was great. And one thing, Josh, that uh, before I turn it over to Wild Bill, we both were emotionally moved. Every time the national anthem is played, it moves me to emotion. But would have loved loved to hear. Um, the silent conversation going on in the uh, Philadelphia Eagles uh, head coach as he listened, he got emotional. I think he really knew what the moment was. I believe his team rose to the moment, um, played very, very well for him to, to get to that place after just two years as a head coach. And, you know, scheming, playing, and competing against Andy Reid, which, you know, his name and his record speaks for itself. Uncle Bill – what stood out to you about the uh, the game that was the 2023 Super Bowl? I agree with I agree with Josh. It was a great game. Um, you know, yeah. Seems like you agree with Josh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, y'all right. act like it's y'all act like I don't have any opinions that you know. No, I mean it was a very it was a very entertaining game. Um, this show that I watch at four o'clock. Uh, it's a news show, but it's five individuals on the show. Uh, one of the guys made reference uh, to that penalty should not have been called because it had not been called the whole game. Right. But he said there was never enough video evidence to the American people that the Devontae Smith catch should have been overturned. He said, no angle that the American public saw, it should have been overturned. But the uh, the, the line of scrimmage is where it was won. Kansas City's offensive line handled Philadelphia's defensive front. Indeed. Zero sacks. I think Mahomes, they didn't really pressure him much. 
And uh, they had, with, with that pass and, rush, you would think they would have got a couple at least. Well, but you think about it. I saw three or four obvious holds that were yeah. not common. That number at Reddick, he was coming two or three times, and all of a sudden he was on the ground. <laughs> um, but I think that uh, uh, the Jalen fumble, I think that kept him from being the MVP. Understandably if so. Had, well, I mean, what if they win the game, though? Probably not. I think the loss really kind of held him. Well, but see, they lost, and that was a touchdown on the fumble that they scored. But, I mean, how – I mean – You had that you, you had that Devontae catch that would have put him at the five-yard line. Yeah. Would, you got the, the turnover by Miles Sanders that was uh, a bang-bang play that would have been a touchdown for the Chiefs. There's just – well, I got to say this, you know, as I look at it, I, it, it rarely, rarely does it ever come down to just really one play. And who knows if that's, if they kick the field goal, who knows what Jalen and company can do. I, ha- I have faith that they could have moved the ball down and at least tied it up, but that's a shoulda, woulda, coulda. But I do believe, even though as a Raider fan, it, it pains me to do this. I do believe we have to give a lot of credit to that Kansas City offense down inside the five-yard line because – I'm not giving them credit for a damn thing. Okay, fine. You don't give them credit. But I look at the play call. They ran – they really oh. put the Philadelphia Eagles on their heels, and not only did they fake them out with one play, they did it again on the other side for two Dude, that really great touchdowns. All luck, man. All they did was luck into every win all year. I'd rather be lucky Mahomes. and win than unlucky and lose. And I've, they, I've always Mahomes said that. is trash. He, they look, they look like walks. an Alabama secondary there a time or two on him. Oh, Mahomes walks like a gay dude. His brother is gay. His wife's trash. Who are you talking about? Mahomes. Anybody, anybody he can. He's uh he's defaming human beings right now. Yeah, I mean, but it was a great game. But I'm I'd not a Mahomes never... fan, no matter what kind of mood I'm in, bro. So, I'd have never, I would have never dreamed that Kansas City's offensive line would have been able to manhandle Philadelphia's defensive front like they did. I'd have never, I'd have never dreamed that. Well, I have to, so, I got to tell you, I think the Eagles are probably just getting started, and I don't watch near, not even a, a, a sliver. Well, I don't. Either. I watched that yesterday. Yeah, I, I mean, they got two, they got the, two first round picks this year. Well, I don't want the sliver of the the football Two. NFL football that Josh does, and I just just watching. I can I could not be more proud, even though it's a lot of sorrow with Jalen losing the Super Bowl. I could not be more proud for the professional that he's become and how well that guy is throwing the football at the highest level on planet Earth. So they got uh they got pick ten and pick their normal pick. So they got a. Uh, they got. They still got a pick up uh, from New Orleans, number ten. Okay. Wow. So they so got two first round picks. They got two first round. What, so talk to me, Josh. What do you think they're going to do? Which way do they go? Because they have, they have weapons on the outside already. Like they they got well, Devontae, and uh, then they got Brown. So they got, they got two you weapons. Know, uh, best player available if you're stacked like they are. They don't need anything really. So, um, best player available. And I mean, they have an outstanding tight end um, already. They got a couple of great running backs, but so I guess you look at where where can they 
upgrade um, offensively or I defensively? Want, they're probably going to go best player available and, because and, they just let the Super Bowl, you know. And I, I, where's a weakness? Um, it's hard to find one, even though they lost yesterday. But they could have a better running back, probably. Yeah, I would say that uh, uh, maybe they could have a better power back, if you will. But I I don't really know the lineup of who's coming out in the twenty twenty three draft. So that Jamar be Gibbs, but you don't want to take him number ten, but he would fit right in with their offense. But he probably would add. He would actually add a great level of speed from the backfield, but also great hands from the backfield. So maybe so. Maybe he does. Get it drafted. would be a major upgrade over Miles Sanders. And then they uh. Uh, I didn't know if you guys know this, but there there were two other guys that were from Limestone County, <laughs> Athens. That one of them, uh, Josh, who was the other starting wide receiver for Philadelphia? Quez. Uh, AJ AJ Brown. No, the third one, Quez Q U E Z something. Quez Rogers. I don't know. Is that his name? Oh, I'm gonna look he, it up. He played at Athens High School. And then there's a uh, blanking ship boy that was on special teams. He played at West Limestone. You're talking about Quez Watkins? Yes. I don't know where he played college, but he's from Athens, Alabama. And uh, maybe Middle Tennessee State, one of them. But anyway. Well, it, so. was a, it was definitely a great football game. It did not end the way that, that I wanted it to. I really wanted for, you know, Jalen and Devontae – and the rest of the guys that uh, played at the University of Alabama on the Eagles team to A, slaughter the Chiefs, and B, walk away Super Bowl champions. I, I really, really think a lot of Jalen Hurts and uh, his career. So happy that he selected Alabama as his college. Um, made some crazy top-level improvement going to Oklahoma. And then has gotten to the NFL and has just been a force to be reckoned with. So, very proud for what he's doing. Big fan of Jalen Hurts, not just a football player, but the man. Um, represents himself with class. He's a man of faith, so he he professes his uh, faith in God. Even though he's not really out loud about it, um, just really appreciate him and the way he carries himself. So, I, I, wished, I wished he would clarify, which he has made statements to all of these NFL reporters and all this. He was a graduate transfer from Alabama to Oklahoma. It's not like he just left. He was playing and Coach Saban put him on the bench. He graduated. All these other guys that graduate, they how do they term them? Graduate transfers. Just Oklahoma, Oklahoma wants years. something. They're just trying to dip their hand in the cookies. They're going to get something. They're going to get something starting in 24. They're going to get something. Bring it on down. Yeah, speaking Ass of whooping. speaking of uh, Oklahoma and Texas, what are your thoughts, Wild Bill, on ne- on them spending an additional one hundred million dollars to show up a year earlier in the SEC? Well, they didn't blink an eye. Good grief! What's fifty million dollars to the University of Texas? Or dropping a bucket? Yeah. All them old men, what? But they 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 think that they which in now softball probably, you know that 
that could be different. And they're going to find out it's a little different. Uh, basketball, I mean, Texas yeah. is pretty good. We don't want to play Oklahoma out there anymore for a year or two. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been put on notice that I'm not allowed to go. So I'm, I'm glad out. that uh, we lost that game like that. So it, it uh, I think it's going to be interesting. They're doing away with, I do know, I read a thing, they're doing away uh, with the uh, two, they're going to do away with the divisions. So I don't know how this is going to work out. So you're telling um, me that we're no longer going to have the the uh, East and the West. I hadn't heard about that. Nah. SEC division future. They're going to play nine games, nine SEC games. SEC's future will include 16 teams, four divisions of four. Um, yeah, no, but no, like no, the East-West. Let's see. We're, let's see here. How many games we're going to play in the regular season, though? Because we're fixing to go to a four twelve team playoff. I'm just trying. There'll to There'll be one that. extra SEC game and one less cupcake. Yep. Okay, so I see hints dropped about what the future is going to look like. I, I got to see this for myself while we're on the show here. Uh, well, that's... Greg Sankey made clear nothing has been decided about the future schedule models or program opponent programs opponents but the sec commissioner was dropping hints saying he appeared with sec network star paul feinbaum last week after news broke that texas and oklahoma would be joining the league in 2024 one year earlier than espn had reported the previous week um where are the hints what what are we doing that's here that's why they're coming in because that's when the uh, ESP, ABC ESPN contract starts for the SEC. This coming year will be CBS's last hurrah. Not a moment too soon, by the way. I can't stand watching football on CBS. I just want to say. Um, <coughs> so what's going to – what were the – like, can you fill me in a little bit on what the idea was, Uncle Bill, as far as what it what it might look like? I mean, you're going to have a pool of what – um, 18 teams? I, I don't know. Uh, that It didn't say. It just said. It said there's going to play nine, nine games. The divisions supposedly was not going to be, be like basketball. Yes. Um, you'll play one less cupcake and add one SEC team to your schedule. One more SEC game. So, so wonder, you'd still play 12 regular season games, but nine of them will be SEC. Got it. Got it. Well, how many how many teams will we have total? I'm surprised that I don't recall that. Is it eight? Will it be 18? 16. It'll be 16. Right. So, I, so I'm reading that it's going to go to four divisions. Uh, but is that from 2012 or is that recent? Just looks like it's from November 2022. That's okay. what they first were. Divisions would be based on regional locations. Each division will consist of four teams. I think there's an image I saw the other day. Well, so if that's so, that, if that's the case, you'd have what? Uh, where are you going to put L- LSU? Are they going to be in with Texas A&M, Texas, Oklahoma? Where are you going to put Arkansas? I don't know what's true and what's not from what I've been seeing, so I'm just – I don't know. 
Yeah, it's, it's really hard to see what exactly is going to happen. And does that jeopardize Alabama and Auburn and Alabama and Tennessee every year? Well, I say that's what the, the – uh, Alabama and Auburn will still be in the same division, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, we're right in the same state. Well. Uh, I don't know. Inquiring minds want to know. Well, Josh, if you well, hey, anything, we're not going to know for sure. We're not going to know for sure. That's, until this that's above my pay grade. Yeah, I feel the same way. Out. I feel the same way. Well, that as we uh, as we move into the second quarter here, uh, we're going to transition to real uh, quick. Okay, real quick. Okay, pause, pause. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I see a thing that says uh, we're they're going to uh, decide on new schedule format early this year. So. Well, let's just take a minute. Let's just take a minute to talk about this real quick, okay? You got the big players. You got Bama, okay? LSU, and you got Auburn. I'm not even going to write their whole name. Then you got Georgia. Georgia. Then you got Florida, and let's say Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. So this is one that I've been saying. It's got Missouri, Oklahoma, Texas, Texas A&M, Arkansas, LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Bama, Auburn, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, and South Carolina. So it would be a true east and west at that point. Yeah. And then we get to play Georgia every year. Well, I don't know if we played everybody. I guess you played seven of – if you play your whole – um, there'd be four divisions though. So it'd be two divisions in the East, two divisions in the West, I guess. Okay. So, and you'd like to think that LSU would be our, um, every year game from that other conference, but we'll see, man. Yeah. Cause I'm looking at it, you know, you got Georgia and Florida. That's a rivalry. You got Bama and Auburn. That's a rivalry. And then you've got Auburn and Georgia. That's a big. That's a rivalry, and you got Bama and Tennessee. So, what does that do with LSU and Florida? Um, I think LSU can stay with Alabama and play Bama, and then we've got uh, we got Missouri. We got that issue with Missouri, which I, I they're just never they're never really that competitive. Um, you got Kentucky over there. So what are they going to do? South Carolina, what are they going to do? So it would it seems that, like what you're saying, Josh, it would go to a true east and west, uh, north and south, and then uh, and then we would probably play everybody in our particular division and still get at least one game across, across uh, over in the east. It's going to be some changes. So it's – yeah, it's necessary. And then I, I'm – I'm game. I'll play Georgia every single year for the rest of our life. Um, I'd love to get a shot at them, but then that means that uh, then that means it's not going to. How do they decide? Is it all division? Is it all record? You know, how do they decide who goes to the SEC championship? Should that remain? Because it may not even. No remain, idea. Might not even remain with a twelve-team playoff. I have no idea. <laughs> Yeah, but it'll have to. It'll have to because isn't that going to be one of the uh, requirements? You got to win your conference. You might be able to do that on uh, record and points alone. I don't know. And they're going to be playing extra games. I, that's above my pay grade. I would love to scheme that out. Now I'm now I'm interested. Okay, now let's make a move into Wild Bill's segment here in the second quarter. 
and Josh Moran and Wild Bill are going to talk Alabama basketball with a huge win down in uh, Auburn country. Bama comes out victorious, guys. I'm going to sit back, relax, and listen to what you have to say about a great victory by Alabama's basketball team. Take it away, Uncle Bill. I'll chime in. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I wrote down quite a few stats. Most of all, we won. Yeah, I let the young couple from my church know yesterday. I asked her, I said, was texting with her, checking on her grandma. I said, how'd y'all like the ball game? Because they were there. She said, oh, it was good, except for the last two minutes. I said, that was the best part. <laughs> That's right. Oh, they were Auburn fans? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, she graduated with high honors from Auburn. Oh, I'm glad she went to the game. <laughs> yeah. I told her, I said, y'all got to donate to the church as much as y'all spent down there. They paid $250 a ticket to go. Yeah. Hey, did they know that they supposed to give part of that to the building fund? I just wish they'd contribute part of it to the gas bill and the utility bill. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle, uh, You mean uh, Uncle Bill needs a watch is what you're saying. <laughs> no. All right, here we go. Uh <laughs> We are now 22 and three, which ties us with the best record ever with the 75 76 team. Uh, we shot 59% from the floor. Auburn shot 32%. We were six of 21 on three pointers. Auburn was seven of 24 on three pointers. We were 13 of 23 on free throws which is atrocious. Auburn was 22 of 26. Uh, but we outscored them in the paint. They were so concerned about our three-point shooting. They wasn't letting us get free, really, on them. We outscored them in the paint 44 to 20. What did we shoot, like, almost 90% inside on the – Yeah, the we were uh, – so you figure, okay, if we outscored them 24 points in the paint, that was – that's eight three-pointers, so – so that's something that we, that's something we couldn't do in years past uh, when we couldn't shoot threes. Yeah. We got out-rebounded by two, 36-34. Uh, our leading scorer was Griffin. He had 16. Sears, oh, had, Sears had 15. Miller had 13 points on 0 for 7, shooting from three-point line. We were um, 8 for 8 on dunks. <laughs> yeah, twelve for sixteen on layups, but um, and those weren't all easy layups. No, they were getting mauled inside and wasn't getting yep. no calls on a bunch of them. But and then uh, Auburn had the audacity to act like they they got screwed at the end. <laughs> They're losers, dude. We got raped inside, didn't it? They wasn't even called for it. But uh, Josh, Josh was correct. He kept telling us not to worry about the physicality. So, but uh, but it got rough. It did get rough. Hey, you know who the uh, you know who the guy that actually said that they they rolled into Oklahoma and thought they were untouchable. It was Ryland yeah. Griffin. Yeah. And look at how he's playing. But uh, they, I, I'm very proud of the team and uh, all the sports. Uh, all the local stations in Birmingham and all, they're just talking about what a tremendous job Oates is doing. Heard them talking on the radio today that uh, there's no excuse that 
Alabama basketball shouldn't be top level for the next several years. That, that and, and they said Miller's gone, but now all these guys on jocks is uh, taking Tua down to for Austin to pick him up. Uh, they say there's no excuse that Clowney, Griffin, and Bradley shouldn't be back next year. They don't think they're ready for the NBA. A lot of people projecting, a lot of people projecting Clowney first round though. Yeah, but he's uh, uh, which I mean he could be, but I don't I don't think he is. He needs another year. He's very inconsistent. I think uh, I think all but Miller needs to come back, but uh, we're yeah. still gonna be in good shape. I mean, we got he's got it rolling over there, man. It's uh, it's gonna be perennial now, basically. So. So uh, I'm I'm very proud of the, uh, you know, Rocky Top will be after the number one team in the country. Come I, I got a I got a feeling we might run into a uh, buzzsaw on Wednesday because the way they lost <laughs> the last couple games. I mean, if we go in there and win that game with what they're dealing with, then we're, there's no reason we shouldn't be in the Final Four. Just the way we're playing. Well, I don't, even if Tennessee beats us, I still wouldn't see why we wouldn't. That's not. Them. It's not going to hurt us that bad. Uh, we'll still be a number one seed, but right now, we're we're trying to go for the overall number one seed, yeah. and that's uh, that puts you in the that that puts them in Birmingham for the first two games. If they win Wednesday night, it'll be the best start in program history. It's pretty incredible. Well, they got a tough one. <laughs> yeah. So it. Uh, I think we match up good with Tennessee, though, honestly. But you know, if you if you watched uh, game day Saturday morning, the two guys that could pick they picked Alabama to beat Auburn down there. Oh, did so, they? Yeah, I Jay Billis we couldn't pick. Jay Billis couldn't pick because he was calling the game, and uh, also the other two, uh, the guy that coached at Virginia Tech. Uh, he picked Alabama, and so did uh, Lapanzo Ellis. So, well, I just won't. hope our our guys are gonna they'll get up for this game too. I think I don't think it's gonna be a blowout, but they lost they lost on two buzzer beaters. I would be either they're just gonna fall off, or they're gonna be really pissed off. Yeah. And, uh, and speaking of, I had to go out and kind of learn <coughs> this. Uh, I know if you got any more thoughts about basketball, give it just a minute here. I'm, I'm, I've, I've written out this, uh, this potential conference alignment because it's, uh, it's gnawing at me. And, uh, <laughs> so, looking at it, um, looking at it on the east side. No, excuse me, on the west side. You have Oklahoma, Missouri, Arkansas, Texas A&M, Texas, uh, LSU, and the Mississippi schools. On the east side. Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Tennessee, Bama, Auburn, Florida, Georgia, South Carolina. And the Jeffersons. And with that being said, if you do a, like, uh, northeast. Nobody got that. Come on. Moving on up. To Uh, the east side. If you did a (laughs) – yeah, we would be moving on up to the east side. If you did a, like, a split for the north and south – it would to me it would be Oklahoma, Missouri, Arkansas, Texas A&M and then Texas, uh, LSU and the Mississippi schools. 
On the other well, side, it's east. It's east west now, though. I know, but now I'm saying that's east, the the western, the northwest, and the southwest dis, uh, divisions. You just put the word north in there. Now it sounds now it sounds gay when you put north Correct. in there. I don't like that. Now, if you go on the east division, you have Bama, Georgia, Auburn, and Florida in the south on the east division. And then you got a cupcake division up top, seemingly, with South Carolina, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, and Tennessee. That's going to be an easy one. But that's just kind of – I hope that's not the – That to me is how it shakes saying, out. it ain't going to be what it is. But, I mean, then you can also you can also slice it in half to make it a north and south, where Alabama's in the south uh, anyway, but – you can also slice in a half and put some lettuce and tomatoes and ham on it and eat it as a sandwich. I'm not feeling that. So I just thought I thought it'd be interesting. I got it here. I don't I, I have it on the iPad. I don't have it to where I could actually present it on the screen, but that's kinda how it would shake out. Map is not drawn to scale. But uh Uh is that that's supposed to be Florida? Because that looks like a bottle opener. Yeah. Or, my, or a upside down bird beak. That's my that's my Florida. Uh, what is Tennessee? Is that like a is that like a ham hock or one of those steaks <laughs> yeah. that you got the? It's like a piece of broccoli and a pig head. Hey, don't okay. be making fun of his artistic work. But you couldn't draw a boot for Louisiana. No, couldn't do it. You don't know what Texas looks like. I do. I didn't have enough paper. That's not paper. That's an iPad, but I get it. Yeah. Didn't have I know, why didn't you just actually pull up a map of the country? You're look, you're the guy here it. that's supposed to be the technical you're the Jamie of the bunch. You're supposed to pull this crap up and be able to do it, and you're not. So I'll do it next week, man. I know. It's your voice. It's got in the way. And there is no show next week because I'm on vacation. So we're gonna miss out. But with that being said, I'm very, very interested. Now my brain is racked on what is going to happen with these divisions and if we get the opportunity to play Georgia. Your brain's racked on coffee. It's not racked on this. Well, that's, that's decaf coffee, so no. Hey, uh, just a little why, bit of Why would you even drink decaf? makes no damn sense. It's close to hey, – I uh, love coffee. It's close to bedtime. Yes, sir, Wild Bill. What's several, several of the players right there on sports was complaining about the field, how slippery it was. Yeah, oh, it was man. bad. Uh, they were talking about it on Pat McAfee. But they were sipping on the paint and everything too. They showed. They just showed. They showed that Reddick on four different occasions where he slipped. So maybe instead of him being held, maybe he was just falling. Maybe so. <laughs> you know, they you supposedly know, worked on that field for two years. It's uh, yeah. it's very common for a field that's like seemingly oversaturated or you know been through a lot of rain to give way like that did because guys were just it's in a freaking Arizona. I know. I know. Mar- Maricopa County. Maricopa County. Oh. I did that was one we'll, of the funniest we'll, memes we'll, of the night. We really won't find out who won for two more weeks. That's right. The official result hadn't come in. You know, yet. we're laughing about that stuff, but it, it's bull crap. It's funny, not funny, true. Um but yeah. I, I wonder that, you know, what they said during the Super Bowl is that uh that was a new breed of turf. And is that what Arizona played on all year? I don't remember that happening all well, year. Noma was in charge of the field. He has been forever Super Bowl. Who? They did a, 
George Toma. The turf guy or something, whatever yeah. they call him. Oh, well, that, that particular turf looked like it was overly saturated because it was given away. I, I mean, you know, even on one of the kickoffs, Philadelphia's kicker. Yep. Bit the dust. He bit the on, dust. When he planted his foot. You can't, that, there was rivets all in the all in the grass. Like you can't yeah. have that on, in a Super Bowl. Well, congratulations to the Alabama basketball team. I have taken a vow to never talk college basketball with Josh ever again, and I will live up to that for the rest of my life. <laughs> so, guys, thanks for talking about it on the program. And uh, with that being said, as we move on, what's the bre- what's the newest information we have um, on the hires at Alabama, which Coach Saban made official today? Yeah. Um, Austin Armstrong, Tommy Reese, and Kevin Steele. I have a particular thought process that's behind the, it. That's the latest information. It is, it is. But uh, as I'm reading through the articles and listening, or you know, and reading what Coach Saban says, I think he, I think he picked this particular group because of their ability to develop player personnel. And um, I mean, he said he likes the energy they have there. They have a different type of enthusiasm. I believe they're going to bring some more toughness back to the Alabama Crimson Tide, but. You can only hear the product of player development so much before you understand what we all saw during the season, which was a lack of development by some of the top recruits in the country. And part of that development is that mental toughness and uh, the ability to overcome in difficult situations, situations and be resilient. So yeah, because you don't. The more you think about it, it's like who really got better as the season went on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really see anybody who did. I mean, Bryce, Bryce was Bryce. But our, it was the same. Our our wide receivers, they didn't get better. Our defense didn't get better. No better. Um, our running backs, they stayed pretty much the same. We had a couple of games that were they went wild, you know, running the football, but not against you know the top tier competition. I would say. So our defensive scheme, we knew. We we kind of knew what they were bringing to the table and um, and where where they where they landed. So uh, when I look at what's most important, you can get all the five star recruits and four star recruits you want, but if you do if you do not have the ability to develop them mentally as well as physically, you're going to get a product of what we had last year. So I think that is what yep, stands yep. out the most to me. And and I don't know if it's in that, but one article I read, Kevin still more or less is going to mentor the guy they brought in from Southern Miss has liked to groom him into coordinator. And that's definitely I'm telling you, man, he turned, he turned that uh, Southern Miss defense into yeah. a turnover machine. And that's Josh's so. Josh's take early on is that Kevin Steele would come in for a couple of years and uh, really, like you said, help develop Austin Armstrong. Um and I'm because he's really young. He is. Yeah. And uh, what is he? Thirty-two. Maybe. I think he might be thirty. Maybe he's thirty. Uh, y'all's aunt has given me something. She wants me to read to you guys. Do it. it better not be a love letter. Lord, we've been we've been married for me forty-three years, son. What you talking about? <laughs> if there was any doubters left, there shouldn't be now. I mean, the way he stepped on this stage and ran 
threw the ball, whatever it took for his team to win. I mean, that was a special performance. I don't want it to get lost in the loss that they had. I mean, even whenever we got all the momentum in that game and we went up eight points in the fourth quarter for him to respond and move his team down the football field and run in himself uh, for a two-point conversion, it was a special performance by him. And I mean, you make sure you appreciate that when you look back on this game. Patrick Mahomes on Jalen Hurts. Well, well said. I'm going to need to see the quote on that before I'm, and I still hate Patrick. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. He can, he can pound sand. Your, your aunt's going to have to take her belt. Why are you wearing a belt? It's six, six thirty at night. We, I'm wearing a belt and it's six thirty at night. Whatever. I, I, I don't you know. Our, you, you know, our offensive coordinator is only 30 years old. Yeah, that's why I think uh, the other guy's thirty-two. I think it's freaking thirty years old. What the heck? I think, both of uh, them. I think it's spectacular. No, I'm just saying, like the offensive coordinator. That's crazy. I think it's spectacular um, when uh, you got a guy who can relate. And Uncle Bill had asked this question. Josh, did you listen to the last podcast that we put out? No, no he didn't. No, I've been busy, dude. Oh, Jesus, take the. He's word. been busy doing nothing. Um, that's not true. With that being said, you know, one of Uncle Bill's questions that I thought was pretty solid is asking if you think Kevin Steele, being an old guy, older gentleman, if you think he has the ability to relate to this younger generation. The point I made, and then I want to hear what your thoughts are, is I think uh, having a defensive coordinator is an older gentleman, more of a fatherly uh, figure. Um, I think that's more relatable on the defensive side of the football, but on the offensive side of the football, I think having somebody who's young and full of energy and has the ability to connect that that's where the the connection is with a quarterback, with running backs, with wide receivers. And I think, I think, uh, defensively, you really, you have the ability to connect in a different way, especially when it's around toughness because defense, I I don't even, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, Austin I'm just Armstrong. Gonna... I don't even think he's 30 yet. I think he's 29. Oh, wow. That's incredible. That, I mean, that, that's that got to say something about a guy who's not even in his 30s, and Coach Saban is bringing him in to, to groom him for the next level. Or and that's another coordinator's only 30. That's another thing we were talking about is that Coach Saban would, have to, would want to go out and get a group of guys that are going to be around for a few years. So, you know, they're developmental – they're growing and what they're doing. I I read, I mean, you, you never know what you're reading, how accurate it is, but I when I read about Tommy Reese and his ability, like his his ability to bring Notre Dame um around and to utilize the players uh, to run the offense. Like he's he's not so dead set that it's my offense and you're gonna run it this way like a Bill O'Brien type. It's like how can our how can I utilize the strengths of our group to help this offense evolve? And he had uh, he had running backs. He his quarterback got hurt. He had running backs, and uh, he was able to put together an offensive line. And you know that that particular team rushed. I think they were number thirteen or fourteen in the country. 
and uh, that's with Notre Dame talent. No disrespect, but they don't they don't have you know academically they have superior talent. Physically, um, you know he's going to get great talent here at Alabama, and and I look forward to what he's going to be able to what he's going to be able to to do with this group. And one one other thing I told Uncle Bill is that I thought. Um, I thought he's gonna he's gonna bring some some greatness back, or he has the potential to bring some greatness back to our offensive line, which we have sorely been missing over the years. Any thoughts on that? Me? That I was asking Josh if he had any thoughts, but um, oh, I thought you were asking Uncle Bill. You talking about thoughts on what the offensive line? What uh, what the new uh, new offensive coordinator's ability? You know, with what he did at Notre Dame in the run game. Uh, what do you think his? Uh, what do you think he's going to do? How is he going to benefit the uh, the offensive line moving forward? We've really struggled on the offensive line to to get continuity, and I have to think it had well, something I, to do with scheme. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't really. You know, I'm not a big X's and O's guy, but I mean, he's going to be working with talent that's way better than he had at Notre Dame. I don't care what the recruiting rankings say. Uh, so we'll see, but I know uh, he's a run-the-damn-ball guy, so he's going to – I don't know. We, we also have a really good players coming in yeah. from the offensive yeah. line. So I, I think that's part of it, too. I don't think we've been recruit. I don't think we've recruited as good as we could have in the offensive line. You don't see that dominance that we usually see. Well, one of the things they, that in, in one of the articles I had, um, I had read talked about um, – how he wasn't truly able to run his brand of offense because of his limitations um, on the roster, you know, with injury and talent. So logically those are not limitations he's going to have here in Tuscaloosa. That being said, uh, do you think Sam Hartman stays at Notre Dame or does he make a jump to Tuscaloosa to play his football? Who's that? Sam Hartman, he's the uh, this particular. I don't want to, let's don't even bring that up. Don't nobody want that. Why? No, nobody said they wanted their players. Well, the, I he, didn't even want the coach. He just transferred uh, from Wake Forest over to uh, Notre Dame to play with. Uh, how they and how they do? I don't know. Let me go. Let me go check his. I don't want to see him. I want to see Ty Simpson. I do too. That's what I want to see. He's not going to come to Alabama. I I thought I saw, too, where he wasn't as well. Look, I don't care what the recruiting rankings say. Notre Dame does not get anywhere close to the talent. Our our offensive line is where we've got to have help. Yep. I heard a guy on the radio today uh, when I was on my way back. Or it might have been down there. He, he's a Kentucky fan that's talking about Kentucky basketball and the trouble Calipari's in. But he said that he was surprised that Nick Saban hired the guy from Kentucky last year to be his offensive line coach. He said he was terrible at Kentucky. And he said if you watched Alabama this year, their offensive line was their weak point. Oh, yes, it was. Yes, it was. He said their offensive line cost them them two ball games. I mean, next freaking season. I mean, you just think. Look, look at what Jalen Hurts done on quarterback snakes all year long. 
because he he's a he's a big guy, but his offensive line, when you watched last night on them quarterback sneaks, well that's that's moving Kansas City's defensive line two and three yards down the field. Very much. Very much. We couldn't even line up on a third and one or fourth and one and run the ball. We had to try some kind of a crazy pass. Yep. Because we couldn't line up and run the ball. Well, yeah, well, Bill, Bill O'Brien's gone. We don't need to keep reliving this horror, okay? Well, but I'm telling you, our offensive line's what's got to improve. It's scaring me. I don't like talking about Bill O'Brien. Well, guys Did- – Richie, um, did you hear me mention Bill O'Brien? No, no I, we're talking I heard about you, the last. We're talking about the plays from last year. And I heard you mention they haunt, uh, they haunt me. I heard you mention the weak point of our football team, which is our offensive line, which was under Bill O'Brien. Uh, yep, yep. Which gave well, me under Coach Saban also. gave me flashbacks of the crappy season where we lost two games. Coach well, Saban's in charge. Um. Props to the BS podcast. It sounds like it has created a or facilitated a full healing for Josh's voice, which is great news. Um, oh, coughing on cue. Ooh, had coughed the whole show. Here he yeah, is. Quincy, what I, are you doing? I, I make it a point to try to lie to you for reasons unknown. Just It's just something I like to do. I, My voice doesn't hurt at all. I would agree it's with that. It's fixed. Yes. It's fixed. Merch There's nothing wrong with it. March all together for a few hours yesterday. We were. He knows why the hell my voice hurts. He needs to shut up. <laughs> I mean, I was screaming at the top of my lungs. Why? What were you screaming at? Watch, hoping Jalen won a Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm with you. All right, guys. Well, I wanted him to, too, but my voice is fine. All right, well, Bill, let's get some parting. What are your parting thoughts for this episode of the BS Podcast? Anything you want to say before we cut it on down? Hang on. I got something to say for Uncle Bill to you. Uh, He's going to kick you in the nuts when he sees you again. Now, what brought that up? I'm I'm giving Quincy some grief because – he thinks I'm like making up my voice hurting. <laughs> so stupid. Um, um, I'm just glad our faithful and committed third member of this podcast can finally show back up on a Monday. The uh, are you and talking I, about my co-host who lectured all of us the about co-host being this committed? Podcast. He's faithful. He's committed to Mondays at five thirty, and after two months, he finally shows up. Well, I was until none of y'all could make it Mondays at five thirty, so I said, "Screw it." That's I've been here every time except one time when I was doing the Lord's work. That's right. That's uh, right. Never, uh, I don't. You know what? <laughs> I was doing. I was doing my work the last two day, weeks. So. Well, I, I mean, you know, my my dad always instilled in us: you can be faithful and you can be committed. And if you say, "I'm going to be committed to this," You got to be committed. If not, you've gone back on your word. So if you go back on your word, that makes you a man of untruth. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care <laughs> at all. It doesn't phase me one bit. What the, I mean, That's a good no, quote. I got to give the third member of the broadcast props again. He predicted, don't worry about Auburn being physical. So I got to uh, give him props on that one. 
I was just basing that off of watching them beat Houston on the road. So, and that's my road tide. We're gonna see if we can hold on to the the last time that we, twenty years ago when we were ranked number one and lasted for a week. So we got to see if we can break that record. I predict we probably lose this game by a few points, four or five points, and then uh, win out. I think we'll win the last five games. Well, you know, uh, I, I, I asked you about that big man from Tennessee. I didn't see him on the floor the other night when Missouri made that win in three. Well, that's just probably for – I don't know why you wouldn't have him out there for defensive purposes. He's a big dude, but – why wouldn't you have him guarding the inbounds guy? Throwing the I ball inbounds. Uh, I don't know, man. We're going to find out, though. Before we go, uh, did you find out anything that you was going to check on? Quentin oh, I Jones? did. Uh, that uh, So, basically, what the New Mexico, there was three players that they're calling it hazing, but they were basically holding him down and grabbing his wiener and his butt and, like, sexually, like, Sexually assaulting him? Yeah. Yeah, basically. New Mexico State. Quincy, if you're not aware, their basketball program has been shut down for the year. For the year, yes. I saw that. So they call it hazing. I don't know why they call it hazing because it's not – it was gay stuff. Well, that – To keep that out of it. Yeah. And then he said that the rest of the team was always there watching so it's like that sounds like a really gay basketball team, dude. It sounds I mean, hazing is one thing, but like full on Sex, sexual assault another. is another. What what the heck is going on at that program? Nothing now. They fired. You need me to print this stuff out. So hey Josh, here would be another question. So so that being the case, does all these boys are their scholarships revoked? I don't know. They haven't even named who it was yet. Then the guy's not even going to press charges, which is stupid. Uh, he's not pressed charges yet. I know there's been a few players already leave after this came out. So, But if the program's been shut down, that's what I'm asking. Is all no. of them scholarships revoked? I don't know how that works with that particular school. They'd probably just be open to transfer somewhere, I would think. Well, what coach in the right mind wants boys from that? To, if you got three involved in it and the rest of them watching? Yeah, but none of that's proven. It's just, I mean, th- these are all allegations, but I mean, yeah, they, and they, if that they kid, that kid down a major college basketball. But program. if he won't press charges and the names won't come out, then it does no good, really. Uh, they've got to know who it was. Well, I just, we better not recruit anybody from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we already, we already had our guy. He's gone now. He was murdering people. Who? who? So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, at least he wasn't doing gay stuff. I think uh, I think murder is pretty terrible, Josh. We'll have to agree on that. <laughs> not... All right, Josh, any final thoughts as oh, we – Yes, sir. As we roll up this episode of the BS Podcast. Uh, I'm glad to be moved into my house and look forward to having more energy. Uh, in the weeks to come, a mighty, a mighty congratulations to you and Melly. Uh, beautiful house, beautiful venue, and thanks for having us over for the Super Bowl. It was a fantastic time. All right, he's Wild Bill. I just wish Jalen. I just wish they would have won that game. So hey what? Josh, how come your aunt and uncle wasn't invited? <laughs>
okay, you're invited. You're gonna come? Are you gonna come all the way to Texas to get? Probably not. Okay. Uh, so, your your aunt is having some health problems. It's just uh, nice to be invited, is what you're saying, right? So, uh, how far how far do y'all live from each other? Twelve minutes. Twelve now. minutes. Uh, but somehow it took Quincy like fifty two to get here yesterday. That's, Can't really explain that. We went to the grocery store, and then we went to the convenience oh, well, store. Your aunt wants to know how uh, far. Or you moved from where you were living to where you are now? 30 minutes. So you live in what town or city now? I live in Fort Worth now. And Quincy lives in? In Saginaw, but it's only 12 minutes from here. Arlington, where I used to live, is like 30, 35 minutes like that. Yeah, it's it's a, a suburb of Fort Worth, but Fort Worth is kind of put together in a weird like a weird outline. There was some horse trading going on because this street's Fort Worth and that street's not. It's it's kind of weird. All I know is I got a Costco three minutes away from me, and that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's it's great. It was a great venue. Good deal. Uh, Good really deal. great time. So proud for you. Yep. Thank you. Very proud for him and Melly. Thank um, you. With that being said, that's Wild Bill with his spam of bullet points. He is one half of the Moran Brothers tandem and my co-host on this show, Josh Moran. I'm Quincy Moran. In the background, she's Cindy Smith. And this is the BS Podcast. Roll Tide, everybody. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Roll one Tide. Roll, baby. Roll. Love y'all. Love, Love you, you too. Bye-bye. Y'all take care.